Welcome to Listen by Gene Ginsberg. This audio experience and podcast is all about social media, digital marketing, entrepreneurship, and interviews with top entrepreneurs in the digital and social space. I am your host, Gene Ginsberg, digital marketing expert, number one best-selling author, and award-winning entrepreneur. I will be sharing with you strategies, tips, and tactics on how to grow your business and your social media following. Thanks for listening. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode. Today we have two guests on the show. This is very exciting. We usually very rarely have two guests on the show, Ken and Randy, and another set of amazing people that I've met through YPO, the Young Entrepreneur Organization. We've had a couple of, of guests here on, on the show from YPO recently. So very excited for you guys to be here. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks awesome. Um, so you know, this is all about you guys and First question I usually ask our guest is tell us, tell our audiences and me also a little bit about your background and how you ended up where you are now. Sure. You want me to, you want me to kick us off? Go for it. All right. So Ken, and so the fun part of our story is that we're actually buddies from high school. We've been friends since we were 16 in ninth grade. We grew up in Los Angeles and uh, went different paths. I went to law school. I'm still not really sure why, but I did. And Practiced law for a while and then turned to entrepreneurship after after being in big law and then working in the startup world. And and that's when when Randy and I partnered up and I'll I'll let him give more of his background. Yeah. So I went the opposite route. I did finance for a while, got an MBA, decided that wasn't really what I wanted to do, wanted to be more hands-on. Went to work at Intuit for five years as a product manager and then a business line manager. And that did some other small businesses. And then Ken and I had talked a few times about trying to find a business to buy and run and do something on our own. And so we went out and did a search fund, essentially, if you're familiar with that, where you get a bunch of people who say they will support you if you find a business to buy. We found a business, bought it, and it was, it was in the construction space. We moved it over into the solar space. We grew that for seven years up to about 120 million and up to 1400 employees. Um, we left that business and uh, founded the current business that we have, which is contract safe. So you mentioned MBA and you said it's not, not the direction you wanted to go and have a similar story. I went, went and got my, I went to booth for a quarter. And so I started my MBA, but a MBA or business school dropout, as I like to say. So <laughs> also decided before it was, you know, before I finished the whole thing, that it was not the direction I wanted to go. And I ended up moving to Colorado and becoming an entrepreneur. <laughs> so similar, similar story. Yeah. Um, there you go. Uh, awesome. So law background, finance background, MBA. All right. Tell us about the current company. Back to you. Sure. So it actually brings it kind of all back together because Randy had worked at Intuit. So in the software space, I had been in the software space as general counsel at our last company, which was in the solar space, we had this very typical pain point. We had all these contracts and legal docs and they were a mess. The, you know, we couldn't find things and we were missing dates. And I just got fed up one night and went looking for what I was sure must exist, like some easy online SaaS tool to help us organize this stuff, kind of like Dropbox for contracts. And it didn't exist. And 
we ended up doing a lot of research on the space and concluding there was this gap in the market. There's all these big enterprise, complicated, expensive solutions, but there really wasn't anything for the typical business that had outgrown using folders and spreadsheets and stuff. They just needed one nice step up, but not a huge, big, complicated, expensive solution. So, so we decided to go build it and thankfully that has gone really well. That's awesome. So before we get into how well it's gone, which is great news, tell us about the problem that you are solving. I mean, I think I have an understanding, but like why specifically build something out? So if you think about a typical small business, when it's very small, usually one person, the founder, the CEO is signing all the contracts and has a pretty good handle on what they are, where they are, staying on top of them. As, as the company grows, you have more and more people signing stuff, signing up the company for stuff. Some of those contracts auto renew, the contracts are in various places. They don't always get centralized. You start to lose visibility as an owner or as a founder, but, but the whole team needs access. You have a CFO who needs to figure out what's going on or a general counsel or something like that. So you start to get these growing pains and these small, medium-sized businesses will keep it going with like share drives and try and track things in Excel. And, and that's what we did. And those all work a little bit until they don't. Like the person tracking the Excel sheet to stay on top of all the dates is out on vacation for a week and you auto renew a $25,000 contract, which is something we did. And it's a fun day when that happens. And, you know, there, there start to be all kinds of emails going around you know, hey, do we have a contract with this person? Where is the contract with this person? When does it renew? Where's the signed version of it? We were doing multiple rounds of fundraising. And as part of that, the first part of the exercise is always pulling all the material contracts together, even just finding them, figuring out which ones are active, not active, tends to be a painful exercise. And we just went through that multiple times and went, God, there just has to be an easier way to do this. So we were the customers because we were just experience, experiencing all those pain points. And, and how long has the company been around? 2015. Okay, so seven years. So tell us a little bit about the trajectory. So I'm assuming you guys build out some sort of minimum viable product in the beginning and then, yeah, maybe start there and then how and where it is now. Yeah, so probably a pretty typical path. So we were fortunate in that we were in a place where we could bootstrap the company. We did not, we didn't go out and raise institutional capital to get going. Um, we had a former colleague who is like our, our tech founder. He came in board and helped us build out the, the first version of the product. We, you know, we started marketing it. There was a lot of learnings and iterations, particularly around pricing and things like that before we got the, got it all dialed in. Um, we also had the typical startup where it was like, okay, we got to sell X amount by this date, you know, convince ourselves that this is real. And of course we didn't hit that number, but we just kept going, you know, again, typical stories. And, uh, and then, and then it really started taking off. You know, we had some great initial customers for social proof, California pizza kitchen came on very early and, and that was really helpful to us in the early stages. And, uh, and we grew the company organically through a thousand customers, which we hit late last year. Okay. But you said you did raise funds at some point. So at what point was that? Just last year, we were cautious, I guess, about raising money. Our last experience in the solar company was 
challenging at times. We didn't have alignment at the board level. We had some bigger name VCs and it was, and we had other people that were more focused on cash flow as opposed to growth. And um, it was just really hard getting alignment and, and keeping everyone focused. And so for this, we really wanted to maintain control and maintain focus and not really worry about outside pressures and that kind of alignment. And we're able to really grow it, focusing on the customers and doing what was right by the customer and not trying to grow at all costs or add features for a new market that might open things up and take our eye off the ball of what we were really trying to do. So that was important for us. And then once we got enough critical mass there, then it was easy to get someone to come in and, and support our vision and let us continue to grow. And, and so we, we took on some money. We did a lot of, we did a very careful process, I'll say, having given our experience and wanted to make sure we found someone where there was alignment and we felt like it would be a good partnership. And luckily we found that we, we took money from a, a company called Five Elms that specializes in B2B SaaS. And they're not in Silicon Valley. They're in Kansas City. They have a big sign on their website with a Silicon Valley and a circle and a line through it. I mean, they very much are not trying to be that type of firm. And that was something that was very appealing to us. And it's been a great partnership so far. I mean, it's only been eight months or so, but we've been super happy working with them. Awesome. So, so bootstrapping, getting into critical mass, getting enough, getting enough revenue to, to continue and then uh, raising some money. So that's fantastic. Tell us, tell us a little bit more about the recent wins that you've had. Um, yeah. So, well, it was a big win to get to a thousand customers. So that was a big milestone for the organization. And then, you know, right after that, we closed our transaction, which was, which was big for us as an organization. And I'd say the win now is, you know, on the heels of the transaction, we're building out the team and, and really doing some things that are going to help accelerate growth. As a bootstrap business, we've been really lean and a very flat organization. And so, you know, we got to over a thousand customers and our team was 10 people, full-time people. So super efficient, but, you know, obviously that doesn't scale, right? So now. It's just really exciting. It's a win for us to be adding, uh, you know, additional horsepower, people who are awesome and that have started to hit the ground running and I think are going to do great things for the business. That's, that's fantastic. So offline, we talked about one of the, the directions this podcast has been going in and that's been AI. So I've been kind of, you know, watching this industry as well, legal contracts. And something that I've been noticing is that that's kind of been leaning more into the AI space where contracts are now less, I think, necessary. I mean, obviously attorneys still exist and, and they're reviewing contracts, but, you know, some changes have been going on, or at least like starting to go on in terms of AI and contracts. Can you share a little bit more? I mean, I'm sure you have a lot more insight about this than I do. <laughs> yeah, we can talk a lot about this. <laughs> we can spend the rest and of the how legitimate is, you, know, you know, both upside and downside of this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah. You want to start? Sure. I mean, we could spend this the entire time talking about this. This is obviously a huge thing that I think is impacting a ton of technology industries, but I think especially in ours, it's got some interesting implications in our space. We've had AI in our product for five years now, I think. So we have some basic AI where you will upload a contract to store it and we will go through it and try and extract who are the parties and when does it start and when does it end and, and try and help organize it for you. 
mm-hmm. to, to make things easy. So we have a fair amount of experience and also experience with what customers expect or how they react to this. And it's been super interesting because there's been a huge, I would say, uh, challenge, I guess, to connect with customers on this because their expectations are very different from reality. They hear about the promise of AI and they think, oh, I can just do upload a contract and it'll get all my information perfectly and upload it and I don't have to do anything. And that's what they want. And it's what they should get, frankly. But the technology hasn't been there and is still not quite there. And so if you think about who our customers are, their CFOs, their lawyers, their general counsels, their paralegals, 90, 95% accuracy, which people that do AI get really excited about, is not really good enough for them. Like if I ask you to give me all your contracts that expire next month and you say, well, here's 95% of them, but don't worry, you know, we got most of them. That's not a good answer. That doesn't work. And so there's a ton of promise for the technology right now and a ton of interest in the technology but getting it to a point where it's really going to work for people is the part that we are spending a lot of time on to figure out what are the things that we can deliver a good customer experience on where it's not that 90 95 but can really be as close to 100 percent as possible right and is that is that the trajectory you're moving into so besides just storing documents that is a a point or a feature that you're working towards for your platform as well. I mean, we're looking at it. It's touching every part of our business. Our developers are all using it and testing it, you know, improve their coding speed and testing and all that kind of stuff. Marketing, there's a ton of business practices that our marketing team is using to try and improve content generation and SEM and SEO strategies, customer success product management. I mean, pretty much it's touching every part of our business and we're testing how we can improve behind the scenes and use it as a tool. And then there's the whole, how does it actually get built into our product? So we have that one component, we're expanding that and we're allowing customers to customize that more as we go forward. So that's a big area of focus for us. But then there's lots of other possible applications of it. I mean, if you think about why people search and why people filter and all the tools that you give them for a system like ours, it's really, they want to be able to have a conversation and say, I need X and get X back. Right. And so figuring out how we can really even change the whole interface and overall framework of our system to do that in a way that is intuitive and easy for customers. Cause we haven't really talked about it that much, but that's really the core of what we offer is a much simpler, easier system than a lot of what's out there. So making sure that we can do all this stuff in a way that there's not a huge learning curve and it's not difficult and it's not this add-on or tacked-on component, that's the part that we're, I think, going a little slower than some other people on because we want to be really sure about how we get that built in. Yeah, if you if you look right now at where we are in the trajectory, I mean, there's no doubt this is going to be disruptive and we would prefer to disrupt ourselves. But we're seeing some of our competitors just basically, you know, sort of feed the hype cycle and, and, you know, rush things out for the press value. But when you, when you really scratch the surface and say, well, what does this really do? And is it really helpful? And is it compliant? Or are you going to get in hot water with all the different regulatory elements that you have in your business or privacy or security? There's, there's not, great answers. And so definitely will be transformative, but 
I think there is there is a need to just you know walk before you run to make sure that it's really impactful and that you're connecting all the other dots to go around it for the customer. So is I guess the question is is this more hype now in terms of like having these capabilities of AI reading contracts and really providing valuable information without having to have a, a contract attorney get involved? So is it more hype now or is it actually legitimately there? Or and if not, what is your prediction and timeline for something like that? I would say it's hype is maybe a little strong, but I would say early stages. It's very okay. early stages for a lot of the new generative AI capabilities that that are going to be available. But it's a rocket ship also because there's a new release, new press release every day, not necessarily of contract solutions, but just generally of tools that are coming out for Gen AI. So it's, I mean, I have no doubt that it's going to move fast, but, you know, fast is probably measured over, you know, a year, two years, that kind of timeline. And the tricky part is to get to solutions that are really good, you need to probably cobble together a bunch of different AI tools and machine learning tools. And so finding the right combinations and, and making sure they work. And again, as Ken mentioned, making sure that you're on the privacy laws and security, which is not totally fleshed out on all those, will we'll take a little bit of time, but there's so much focus on this. My guess is, it's, again, it's a couple of years, like Ken said, but it's not three months. Right, yeah. Wouldn't imagine it's three months. We're all talking about AI, but I think we're all thinking it's much, it's moving much faster than actually, not just in this space, but like pretty much in every space, like even in, you know, in the marketing space where my background is in digital marketing, it's like, yes, it's the good solution or at least entry point for a industry that's not very regulated, right? Digital marketing. And so it's a good like testing ground, but I think that everyone is like thinking it's way further and then it and then actually what we can do now with you know chat gpt i mean it's great don't get me wrong but i think it's not as advanced as as we want it to be but i think there's also a lot of opportunities for it to be advanced very quickly because i think it's like machine learning itself right right yeah i mean we're in an interesting segment because lawyers tend to not be early adopter technology some that are but most are not but there's a huge desire to drive down legal costs and improve efficiency and a big focus on legal ops right now. So there's a lot of technology being thrust into that space, even without the AI and now with the AI. So it's an interesting balancing act to, you know, make sure the lawyers come along with everything while all the technology that's coming out actually gets implemented and used. I mean, I think a lot of the, well, we were just at a conference and last year at this conference, for a legal operations conference. Last year, everyone was talking about how they needed a full system that does every single component of legal operations. And this year, what, what were they calling it? Regret? Yeah. Like buyer's remorse, basically. I mean, they were realizing like, you can't implement all of that. And it's so much change management and, you know, difficult to get everything going and they're big expensive systems and projects. And all of a sudden they go, wait a second, you know, we, we bid off a $50,000, $100,000 project, and, and we can't do that. And there's not the appetite to really get this in place. And, and, you know, some of those people are now coming back to a simpler, easier to implement, easier to use system like ours and saying, I think this is enough. And then we'll see where we go from here. And are most of your, is your target market attorneys or is it mostly 
brands or corporations that are using this with internally in their operation or a little bit of both? Yeah, it's so, yeah, our, so our customers are, are organizations, companies, nonprofits, not law firms. We do have some law firms that are customers, but they use us like any other business to manage their internal contracts with their vendors, et cetera. Not, not with their clients. Not with their clients, yeah. Oh, so, so they typically would have a specialized tool that they use specifically for engagement letters with their clients. But, but our, our market is, it's, so we're a horizontal platform. We're not, we're not focused on any particular vertical. And so we have people all over the place, you know, from healthcare and consumer products, real estate, finance, technology, education, nonprofits, et cetera. And it tends to be organizations that are sort of like in the middle size wise. They're not super small. Like Randy talked about earlier, when you're really small, you probably don't have a lot of these contract management challenges. And if you're really big, then you have a whole team and a huge budget, and you've probably gone out and procured some big enterprise solution. But if you're in the middle, there really haven't been solutions that are accessible to you, that are easy enough, affordable enough. And so that's really where we play. And our, our buyers, the personas are typically in-house legal or procurement, sometimes finance, sometimes sales or operations, but the real center of the bullseye is in-house legal and procurement. So those organizations already have their own like legal counsel. It's not just like a COO who needs to manage contracts. Well, it could, it be. could be. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I'd say, I mean, again, just a little bit more about our customers, you know, 80, 90% are coming from Excel sheets, share drives, you know, not a level of organization that ties everything together, automates things, makes things a lot easier. We do have, you know, customers that switch from, as I mentioned before, a more complex system, a system that they bought that they don't like, but the switching costs are high. I mean, once you invest in getting up and running on a system, it's it's kind of a big deal to switch in a lot of cases. I mean, our, our system tends to be win top awards for being the easiest to get going on and easiest to get up to speed on. We try and convince people of that, but you know, to the most of the industry of new customers in our segment is just people who are coming from no system and want the next level. Gotcha, yeah. Awesome. So our typically our my last question that I usually ask our our guests is what is your prediction for the industry? I know we talked a little bit about AI and that could be AI focused or it could be something completely different. Whatever's top of mind. I always like to talk about what's what's on the horizon. Well, I'll take my first stab at it. So I would just say growth generally. So, you know, Randy mentioned 80, 90 percent of our customers when they signed up with us, they didn't have an incumbent solution. So they had nothing, which is, I think, indicative of how much of a greenfield this space is. So, you know, very low adoption rates generally for contract management today. So lots and lots of opportunities out there. Um, I think, you know, we're part of the, the more general trend of digital transformation, and that's just accelerating. And AI is exciting, but it's just a piece of that, really. You know, I think it's an enabler, maybe it maybe it's an accelerator, but it's it's really more about companies that haven't had any kind of a tool like this and the people who actually are responsible for managing the contracts suffering, right? They their life is hard because they don't have a good tool. And now they have, you know, with with easy affordable tools like ours, they actually have the possibility to get something that makes their life a little easier. Yeah, I mean the one thing I'd add to that is post COVID. 
with the increasing focus on working at home, there's much more of a need to have documents like these available easily and at people's fingertips, which cannot always be so easy. And, you know, when you have a centralized office and you're used to working that way and everything's there, I mean, we, we, we get people all the time where they have notebooks with their contracts and it up on the wall. I mean, it's, you, it's crazy, but they're very old school and, you know, that doesn't work so well when you're working at home and need to access something that's in a notebook at the office. So just with the increasing focus on working from home and making sure that things are available and easy for people when they're doing that, we, we fit that trend nicely as well. Yeah. So sure. The overall expectations for our industry are, you know, 30, 40% growth a year going forward. And the estimates are still 80 to 90% of small, medium businesses don't have a, a real system in place. So it just feels like there's a ton of opportunity. Yeah, I totally makes sense. And I was just thinking about like remote work and how that's changed so much. I remember when I was, I was in high school and my first job in high school was, was a, a law clerk, like at a, like a, just a, a law firm down the street from huh? the school and everything was like, you know, you kind of made, reminded me of that, like every, every, it wasn't contracts, but it was all like legal documents that were like all in like shelves and all of these like paper right. this was like in the 90s right all a of, file room right yeah like a exactly like a file room it was, it was like it was part of the office actually it wasn't even like a room it was just like a bunch of shelves everywhere so it just reminded me of that when you started talking about like oh contracts are in a in a binder or in a notebook and i was like oh my god that's so crazy like to think about how you know, some, I guess some businesses are still old school. So there's a lot of opportunity for what you guys are doing. <laughs> yeah. And if you think about it, you know, the next evolution was then just taking all of that and moving it to a shared drive, right? Where you have a folder for every binder. And so they're all over the place and it's still hard to find and figure out stuff. And so, you know, we, we talk all the time to people who talk about their shared drive of chaos or, you know, where it's just, People, it's been the dumping ground for 10 years where people just file stuff and throw stuff in folders and they're all mislabeled and they're all over the place, which is what happens in all kinds of systems like that. And, you know, a system like ours allows you to just slice and dice things so many different ways. It's not just that sort of folder mentality. It's a big change for people. It takes them a second to kind of wrap their head around it. But once they do, they can just find things in seconds compared to hours at times, even if they're on a shared drive. So... It's it's neat to be part of that transformation and changing of the the system that you started with way back in the day. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. I promise last question. Last question is how can our audiences get in touch with you, your company, you both? DZ, our, our company name is Contract Safe. It's www.contractsafe.com. They can sign up for a demo of the system. They can sign up for a free trial and test it out. There's all kinds of literature and stuff there. So that's probably the, the easiest way for people to get an overview and learn a little bit more. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for being here. Always good to connect with other YPOers that are doing something interesting, fun, and exciting in, in their own space. So thanks for, for your time and for sharing. Yeah, yeah thanks, Chase. It was nice to meet you.